the one and only Cliff Richard and the Shadow. Hi, this is David Ghosty Wills, and welcome to episode 22 of the We Say Yeah podcast, an unofficial monthly Cliff Richard and the Shadows fan podcast where we review and discuss every single EP and LP in chronological order. I apologize for the somewhat hoarse sound of my voice here. I'm just recovering from a cold. But that won't stop me from pumping out this episode. This month, we're going back to the movies to review the soundtrack to 1963's box office blockbuster Summer Holiday with returning guest Darren Price, host of The Rise Up Show from Cliff Richard Radio. But first, reviews and reactions from last month's episode about the Out of the Shadows LP with Jim Nugent. Kurt Froberg writes, thank you so much for this latest episode. I really enjoyed it a lot. Very nice to listen to Jim Nugent also, and I would really like to hear him again on this pod. You two were just perfect. Well, he's definitely going to be back on the program again, that's for sure. And previous guest, Mark J. Daniels writes, I have to take my hat off to you, Ghosty, and your guest, Jim Nugent. That was an excellent episode. Out of the Shadows is one of my favorite Chad's albums to hear, so each track analyzed in depth was impressive. Thank you so much for that, Mark. And and these comments are all pulled from either our email, which is we say yeah podcast at gmail.com, or the Facebook page. Just look for We Say Yeah. By the way, on the last episode, I mentioned how we had charted on the podcast charts in the music history category in Norway. Since that time, I found out that we came in at number one in the music history category in South Africa. So to all of our South African listeners, thank you so much. I also found out that the episode with the most downloads is our very first episode. And at first I was a little anxious about that. I thought, oh my God, everybody listened to the first show. And they said, boy, this isn't for me. And they stopped right after that. But it's actually the opposite. People have been discovering the podcast along the way. And then they decide to go back and start at the beginning. So that's very gratifying. All right, I had a great time as always chatting with Darren Price of Cliff Richard Radio about the film and the soundtrack to Summer Holiday. And trust me, I was 100% healthy when we recorded this conversation. I began by asking Darren about when he first saw the film, Summer Holiday. I have to thank my mom for getting me into Summer Holiday. I can remember watching it when I was really, really, really young. Uh, it might have been four, five. It might have been e- even before that. But my memory is it was raining outside when I watched Summer Holiday. And this film came on and Mom said, oh, Summer Holiday's coming on. It was on the TV. And this was in the good old days where British TV only had four channels. Um, so it was, a bi- it was a big thing. It was a big thing for Summer Holiday to be on. And I will never forget the first time I saw it. It starts in black and white. And for a little boy who loves Star Wars, I'm thinking, Mom, you're making me watch a film in black and white. Okay, (laughs) it's got a cliff in it. I know that. And I like cliff, but this is a black and white film. Anyway, of course, as we all know, the film starts in black and white. And as soon as Cliff, the man himself, comes along, it turns into colour. And from that point on, I think the way that Cliff arrives on his bus, that had me hooked. Mm. And I've always thought it a fantastic feel-good film. And I can remember not long after watching the film, my nan buying me the album on cassette. And I played that cassette over and over again, I think in, until in the end, 
uh, it stopped playing for me because I wore it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 60 years old this year. Um, I would love, absolutely love it if they had released it this year in the cinema again to celebrate 60 years. Yes. I think the film deserves it. It does. And speaking of cinemas, I was looking at the original release dates for Summer Holiday, and there was some very canny marketing going on because the world premiere was January 10th, 1963. It must have been ridiculously cold, as it always is in January. Then it goes into wide release in February, February 18th, so for a nation in the grips of winter, who wouldn't go, go to the movies and watch Summer Holiday? A- absolutely. The producer, Kenneth Harper, he did that on purpose. He wanted everyone to escape from the winter. He, that was the impact he wanted for the film. So he actually said, I hope it snows. <laughs> uh, and it did. It did snow. Um, it was a winter premiere that Cliff did not even attend himself because... All the crowds were waiting for him and he couldn't get to the premiere himself. So there was a famous photo of Cliff sat watching boxing on TV when he should have been actually at the premiere of Summer Holiday. It was expected to be a film premiere such as the West End had never seen before. But that turned out to be putting it mildly. The idea was for that great star, Cliff Richard, to reenact a part of the film, Summer Holiday, by driving the now famous bus from Piccadilly to the theatre, with a load of other stars from the film, and attend the first night. But it was a case of the best laid plans of mice, men and stars going aglaze. Eunice Stubbs and Pamela Hart made it by car when the bus couldn't get any further. And what a scene outside. The police said it would be dangerous for Cliff to leave his car. Never mind, the fans let themselves go. Don't be alarmed, she's only fainted. Now, I had the soundtrack album for quite a while, and I was very familiar with the music on it, but I had never actually seen the film until a couple of months ago. Okay. Because it was relatively hard to come by. Here in the U.S., they released a triple pack of Cliff movies, The Young One, Summer Holiday, and I think Wonderful Life is the other one. Now, what I'm about to say is somewhat controversial. I think I like The Young Ones as a film better, but I understand the appeal of Summer Holiday. I think with The Young Ones, I think it's a more simple story. Yeah. Whereas in Summer Holiday, there's a lot going on. It's like 10 different stories <laughs> happening. <laughs> there's the whole bit, Laurie Peters masquerading as a boy on the bus. Yeah. And then, you know, they they meet up with a mime. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all over the place. There's so much going on. Do you know... Um, my mom always said that Cliff only made two good films, The Young Ones and Summer Holiday. Now, some listeners might think, wow, that's controversial. Uh, I've got to agree with my mom. I'm really honest. Um, I, I love The Young Ones. Summer Holiday is my favourite. I think Cliff looks great in it. I think he sounds great in it. I prefer the soundtrack to Summer Holiday. And I think the instrumentals in Summer Holiday by The Shadows, I've got to say, I think are their best. Wow. But no, again. That might be controversial to some people, but I actually think Round and Round, which Marvin Welsh and Bennett wrote together, that is possibly, in fact, no, it's not possibly, it is my favourite Shadows track of all time. Actually, why don't we get into it? Let's yeah. talk about the songs on the record. Okay. Let's start off with that black and white turning to colour yeah. with the opening number, 
Seven Days to a Holiday. This is written by Peter Myers and Ronald Cass, recorded on November 22nd, 1962. Much like how Friday night set the tone for the young ones, here we see the screenwriters effectively duplicating that formula here. And we have the Associated British Studio Orchestra along with the Mike Sam Singers. Only this time, Cliff takes the lead rather than various different characters like in Friday night. I'll say the same thing I said on the episode about the young ones. These all singing, all dancing musical numbers have more in common with MGM musicals of the 1950s than the sort of rock and roll film you'd associate with Elvis. And Cliff's movies are compared to that, but this is on a whole other level. I've got it! Got what? Got this bus, London Transport said okay. Okay? Okay to what? Okay to use this bus for transport on a holiday. They're with it. With what? With the plan I have lined to them today. What plan? That's right, what plan? We can do it once they'll back us away. It's a fantastic opening. You know, it's magical because the stage is set with the rain falling down. There's the band on the beach that then run off. And you then see different clips of the typical British summer weather where they're running off the cricket pitch, etc. while summer holidays being played before we get to seven days to a holiday. It sets the scene because, believe me, it really is like that here in Britain during the summer months. Yes, we have some great weather, but I've lost count of how many times I've been on a summer holiday in this country and it's poured down with rain. So you can relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> you can relate to that opening. It's real. And um, and then it's magical that Cliff then comes along. It's all black and white, turns into colour. He's excited. The boys were a bit down on their look because they're sat there eating their sandwiches, looking looking at the rain coming down. And Cliff comes along and suddenly the world is a better place. <laughs> and it's, it's a quotable scene too because I find myself sometimes when I have to deal with rowdy uh, people at work, I, I, I often slip into uh, what Cliff says as Don. Fellas, fellas, <laughs> now, now. Fellas, fellas, look, fellas, how would you like the unique opportunity of doing seven days overtime with no pay? (laughs) And I've got to say as well, the great thing is about the song Seven Days to a Holiday. I have lost count how many times I've heard someone singing that song at work when they are counting down to their own holiday. Because the last seven days before you go on holiday always seems to take forever. You always seem to get loads of things thrown at you at work. Summer holidays are a special thing. In fact, a holiday any time of the year to me is a special thing. So uh, more and more these days, since the pandemic, people are desperate to be able to go on a holiday again. I was also thinking when this movie was released that very few people were probably able to go abroad and visit various different countries. And this film, even though in in many cases we're not really going anywhere, it's all the magic (laughs) of movies. But uh, for for this film, this was the closest a lot of people would have to a summer holiday is going to see this movie. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, they visit many countries, you know, France, uh, obviously what was then called Yugoslavia, Austria, Greece itself. So, yeah, you know, I was born in 1978 and I didn't get to any of those countries. Uh, In fact, I haven't even been to what they used to call Yugoslavia. I didn't get to any of those countries until I was like in my 20s. So Cliff and the Shadows and the cast are are very lucky that they did it at such a young age and when they did it as well in the early 1960s. 
I still haven't been to any of those countries. I'm 50 years overdue for my <laughs> for my summer holiday. Track two on the album is the song Summer Holiday, yeah. written by Bruce Welch and Brian Bennett, recorded on May 5th, 1962. There were string overdubs later. You know what? It's a masterpiece. I, yeah. I've read that Cliff in the Shadows never really rated the song, and I think they're wrong. <laughs> yes. I think it's, it's tied with congratulations yeah. for a song that transcends whatever the original purpose was to become this ubiquitous around-the-world anthem. I mean, everyone wants a light and breezy summer holiday with no worries, no pressure, and that's what this song conveys. No worries, no pressure, just free and easy, light and fun. Summer holiday, no more working for a week or two. Fun and laughter on a summer holiday, no more worries for me or you. For a week or two, we're going where the sun shines brightly. The great thing about the song Summer Holiday, everyone knows the words. I went to Germany last year with a, with a bunch of lads. And it was a beer weekend. We le- literally went to Germany just to drink their their delicious beer. And on the way there, you've got to think these guys are, you know, I'm 44. They were some of the, we ranged between 44 and 60, the lads that were going on this holiday. And on the way to the airport, what did we sing? Summer holiday. Uh, and these And these guys aren't even Cliff fans. It wasn't even me that started singing it. Right. You know, so it just shows you the impact that that song has had on people over the years. Everybody has a summer holiday Doing things they always wanted to So we're going on a summer holiday To make our dreams come true For me and you We'll move on to track three. This is another Peter Myers and Ronald Cass creation, recorded on August 26, 1962. Let us take you for a ride. This is a humorous tongue twister of a song designed really to move the plot along. I'm I'm underselling it a bit because it's another inventive stage musical type number with the ABS orchestra and the Mike Sam singers. I would never be able to remember this. It's impossible for me to sing along to it. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. By betting on the cog beneath, which means in terms of tension swings, the seams of your suspension springs in cyclic thirds are set apart in very simple words, dear ladies. Your car won't start. So we're making this offer. Ride with us, come ride with us. Through the countryside with us. Four of us has... It, it is a lot of fun. What I love about this scene is that Cliff, Cliff is obviously driving the bus. He comes along, Unistubs and the girls in their old banger of a car. And they have their little accidents. And of course, they then go into a big musical number. What always makes me smile. And again, I know it's a movie, but there's no other traffic. They do that big song and dance routine in the right. middle of the road. Yeah, this, this film could have ended very badly and very quickly. 
And I'm, I, I know it's only a film, but you're right. The lyrics, I struggle with some of the lyrics, to be honest. Um, but it, it's, it's great fun. But again, though, what's interesting, if you watch it, a lot of the times, Cliff is actually on the sidelines because they always said he wasn't the best of dancers. And so if you look at it, sometimes he's out of the way while the likes of um, Eunice Stubbs and Teddy Green, who played Steve, they sort of take the lead. If you watch it carefully, they sort of yes. take the lead to the uh, to the dancing while Cliff is sort of put to one side and then the camera will go on to him. And uh, But it's great fun. You know, the, the, the guys jump out of the, the window of the bus when they're chasing the ladies. It's great fun. It really is. So we'll move on to some of those Shadows tracks we were talking about. Lay Girls, uh, the number four track on the album, written by Bruce Bryan and Hank, recorded May 31st, 1962. I love it. To me, it's a classic. I mean, there's a very manic solo from Hank that could have been a little longer. It gives the song some edge, but I, uh, I really enjoy it. You know, I went to, this is really sad me saying this, but I went to Paris last year with my family. And I went to a bar while my wife and the girls went off shopping. I went to a bar, I thought, I'll have a beer. I'm by the Arc de Triomphe. And in my head, though, I was actually in that little nightclub that the Shadows are playing in. In my head, that's where I was thinking, yeah, I'm here now. The shadows are in the corner. They're playing Les Girls and Round and Round and Foot Tapper, etc. Even well, Foot Tapper, they don't play in that club. That can, we'll talk about that in a moment. But it's such a cool setting. The shadows are so cool. Even Hank says at one point, uh, "Oh, I feel so cool." Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. My only criticism of Summer Holiday is I think the shadows should have featured in it more than they do. Yeah, I, I've mentioned that with regard to the young ones. We know because we've seen Hank be funny and we've seen Bruce be funny. And and I'm always wondering why they aren't included as part of the cast Yes, as well. Now we get there with finders keepers and things like that, but why isn't it more of a gang movie? That's the one thing I've always struggled with, with not just this film, but Cliff and the shadows to me are a band. It's not Cliff Richard and the shadows. It's Cliff and the shadows together. Right. And it's always frustrated me. To me, the Shadows are the best band of all time. Yes, I know that's a bold statement, but to me, they are. Not on and this podcast, it, it isn't. <laughs> not, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, why didn't, why didn't they use them more? I've said this before, that it feels like sometimes someone was trying to put a wedge between Cliff and the Shadows. Um, I never understood it because, as you say, we know the Shadows are funny. Their sense of humour with Cliff, to me, is what makes them so great. I've seen it on stage. I've seen it in films. I've seen it on YouTube clips. You know, if I could go back in time, I would have made sure that they did more together, as you say, as a gang, because that's what they were. Yeah. Um, That's what they started out. You know, Cliff didn't think I'm Cliff Richard and you're the shadows. He saw himself originally as the lead singer of a band. Right. 
We'll move on to track five, which you already said was your favorite, right? Your favorite Shadows tune, Round and Round, Hank, Bruce, and Brian, May 17th, 1962. I'll sound like a broken record on this, too. I love it. I mean, in places, <laughs> it reminds me of a sped-up version of um, the Rumble by Link Ray, but I I love this track. It's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> fantastic i was playing it in my car the other day on the way to work and it just makes me feel so happy upbeat i can't say any more than that about it because that's what it makes me feel like i know the, the shadows had a massive hit with foot tapper but for me round and round every day every day i think that is the best track certainly on this album but it is my favorite shadows instrumental of all time and before we go any further how great is brian bennett's drumming on these songs I yeah mean- so my second favorite shadows track of all time is the next track on this album foot tapper to Peace Pipe, which I've already said is my favorite Shadows track. So I have some unorthodox favorites, I guess. Yeah. Um, This is one of my all-time favorite numbers. I love everything about it. And when I say it, I mean both the single version, which we're going to talk about in another episode, and this album version. And you know, it was a last-minute addition to the film. There would be another last-minute addition that would also become a classic, but yes, it's, it's just great. It is. And I was talking to Mark Cunningham about this once. Obviously, Mark's been on your show many times. And um, Foot Tapper. The only problem with this in the film is it's not in the film for long enough. Yeah. You know, they're playing it when they're on the bus, aren't they? The record's being played in the background. That, and I know it's like a last minute edition, but that deserved a longer feature in the film. I agree. There's also a vocal version that Petula Clark released, sung in French. I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure. Mon bonjour dance, I think, is how you say it. I Probably not. Très bien. So... Cut seven on the album is A Stranger in Town, Peter Myers and Ronald Cass again, August 26th, 1962. Another big production number, another charming fantasy set piece where Cliff gets to crouch and clap while everybody else dances. No, he he does okay. Um, He imagines old Parisian women as beautiful young girls in this fantasy sequence. It's, It's one of those songs, like a lot of these on here, that are wonderful. You know, the ABS orchestra is fantastic, but everything on here is elevated by Cliff's vocals. Every girl is a 
beautiful girl when you're a stranger in town. And every chick looks so cute and slick when you're all alone and low down. And then a smile will open the door. And in a little while, you'll be a stranger no more. My memory of this part of the film is actually my dad laughing and cheering when at the end, Cliff falls into the water. <laughs> my, my dad always laughed and cheered at this point because my dad is, well, yeah, he still is, bless him, is an Elvis Presley fan. And my mom was a Cliff fan. That's right. So that's to, right. Yeah. So to see Cliff fall in the water, he starts every time he used to laugh and cheer at that point. Now, what did he do in Viva Las Vegas when Elvis fell into the water? Is that a chance for your mother to cheer and, and applaud? Do you know, this is really embarrassing. The only Elvis film, I know this is a Cliff Richard and the Shadows podcast, of course, but the only Elvis film I can remember watching with my mom and dad was um, Blue Hawaii. Okay. Well, this is this is sort of Cliff's Blue Hawaii, this movie. Yeah. And, you know, this is as good a time as any to mention that there are some sequences in this film, like this one, for example, which in 2023 might not sit right. You'd think, boy, I don't know what they're objectifying women. And, and there are um, ethnic stereotypes later on, but all of it is done yeah. with the intention of pointing out, hey, this is all so wonderful, all of these different cultures. Let's all you know, get into yeah. this. It's all done with this very wholesome perspective. Yeah, it's, it's an innocent <laughs> film, isn't it? However, speaking of off-putting, we get to Orlando's Mime. Now, I say this only because, (laughs) all right, this is written by Stanley Black, who conducted the ABS Orchestra. So the Young Ones had its music hall sequence, which seemed to go on forever. And it's only fitting, I guess, that Summer Holiday would would have its own implausible and interminable mime sequence. Now, that's just my opinion. This whole thing seems shoehorned into the film to show off how multi-talented the cast is, which they are. Um, As a piece of incidental music, this is fine on the album. That sequence doesn't seem to make much sense when you you watch it. But again, I'm sure, you know, this is a movie that's, that's trying to get everybody. So for people out there who really wanted to see the cast do mime or recreate silent films at least they had a moment i guess <laughs> to enjoy in the movie yeah I, I i agree you know it is sort of the film summer holiday could still be a fantastic film without this scene right <laughs> and uh, I, I think the, the best thing about this scene actually is the actor ron moody who plays orlando because he was a fantastic actor um his best role to me was when he played fagin in the musical oliver mm. Um, yeah, he was a very talented actor, but yeah, th- this scene is, you-, you could live without it. So we turn the record over and get to side two and we hear Bachelor Boy written by Cliff and Bruce 
This version was uh, recorded on November 16th, 19... Actually, I take that back. The single version, because it's a little different on the album, was yeah. recorded November 16th, 1962. Of course, it went to number one. Here's another last-minute addition to the movie and the soundtrack. It is, yeah. And it's another classic. I mean, I know the story goes that the producers felt the film was one song too short, so Bachelor Boy was written very quickly, and the sequence in the film was shot very quickly. But I'm glad because it gives us a chance to see the shadows in action with Cliff, and we should have had more of this. Absolutely. When I was young, my father said, Son, I have something to say. And what he told me I'll never forget until my dying day. He said, Son, you are a bachelor boy, and that's the way to stay. Son, you be your bachelor boy until your dying day. Even though you can tell that scene was shot after the film, you can tell it's actually, you know, filmed in a studio, not outdoors like the rest of the film. Um, it is a great, great scene. It shows, again, I've, I've said this many times, it shows how funny the shadows are. And yes, they should have been in the film more and more and more. But we can't do anything about that now, but we can. We certainly can enjoy this scene. It's a fantastic scene. Um, you know, of course, um, Melvin Hayes is in it as well. And what a song. Then we move on to A Swingin' Affair, another Peter Myers and Ronald Cass number, recorded August 26, 1962. You know, Sinatra could have recorded this song. He could have done it as a duet with Keely Smith or something. Here, it's Cliff with Grazina Frame on the album, so doubling for Laurie Peters. Um, this is a fine song, and it highlights Cliff's brilliant singing. You know, he makes all of this sound effortless. And not that I'm a singer, but I'm a voice actor, and I've done a lot of different yeah. projects, some of which do include singing and i can tell you that a song like this is not easy to sing this is a tricky song and you really have to have great skill in order to pull it off cliff does not get the credit he deserves as a singer he is a virtuoso in much the same way hank is a virtuoso as a guitarist cliff is also a virtuoso as a vocalist Oz will be a swinging affair we won't be tired, we'll be as free as air For we won't care what tomorrow brings It'll be just one of those swinging things Ours will be a swinging affair I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, you know, he sings on this album and in the film, you know, it's fantastic. And as you say, does not get the recognition that he deserves. Um, I think Summer Holiday, the soundtrack and, and the film, there's an argument to say this is Cliff at his best in that period of, of his career. From 1958 through to 1963, we've seen him develop. We talked about this on the 21 Today uh, podcast, where he suddenly becomes really comfortable in singing ballads. Yes. And here he's singing A Swinging Affair, and he's comfortable in singing it, which I think if this had been maybe three or four years previous, it wouldn't have been as good as it is in this film. I agree. And this is this starts off that period for me. I always think of this as like a real peak. You know, from this album, and we get great singles like 
don't talk to him and lucky lips and i could easily fall in yeah. love some of my favorite recordings that Cliff and the Shadows ever made begin yeah. really with this period. It's interesting though, isn't it? That after Summer Holiday, you know, the album spent 14 weeks at number one, uh, 31 weeks in the top 10 here in the UK. But interestingly, after Summer Holiday, as you say, Cliff went on to make some fantastic records with the Shadows, but his popularity decreases somewhat because obviously the Beatles come along and, and the Stones, etc. So it's really interesting that it's almost like he peaks with Summer Holiday, but then he carries on to make these fantastic records, but he's not as popular anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is quite, which is quite weird, yeah, isn't it? it yeah. is. Because pound for pound, if you look at what he's recording, and I listen to those records, and then I compare them to what else was coming out, I, I'm giving Cliff and the Shadows the edge. Yeah. Well, after we lavished all this praise on this song, <laughs> then we're going to move on to a song called Really Waltzing, which is more of a novelty uh, record. It's Peter Myers and Ronald Cass again, November 22nd, 1962. Cliff only sings the very first verse of this, and then it becomes uh, a study in cartoonish Austrian accents. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just, it moves the plot along. I don't know, you know, to listen to it, I guess you might enjoy it as a comedy record or something. I was cringing listening to this the other day in the car <laughs> because, because of that Austrian accent, which um, I was listening to it and I was thinking that doesn't sound great, to be honest. If I was Austrian, I wouldn't be impressed with that. I've got the urge to wear short leather trousers and dance the vice blouses. Fly the mouse is give me some frouses dressed up in cute blouses, helping their spouses tie bells on their houses. For here I'm really waltzing, though I shudder at the idea, and though I really should know better, here am I in operetta. One thing I would say is, why did they not use what happened in the film? You know, they used the cast in the film. Why didn't they use that version on the album? If there are any Austrians listening, I would love to know what they think of the Austrian accent. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I've seen the numbers for the podcast, and they're probably shaking their fists in the air listening to this. So then we'll move on to... Not for me. This is this is a pleasant song. I don't consider this the big ballad of the film. We'll get to that. But yeah. all at once, written by Peter Myers and uh, Ronald Cass again, August twenty sixth, nineteen sixty two. This is the sequence in the film where Cliff confesses his love to Laurie Peters. We should point out as American, she was added to give yes. this more of an international flavor and hopefully help the box office uh, in the United States, which didn't quite work. I've got to speak to you. Something's happened. Oh, not to the bus. Hang the bus. Something's happened to me. What is it? I don't remember those things I said to you about the way I feel about love. Oh, I haven't forgotten a thing. You want to be free. You don't want to be owned. We didn't go through all that again now. I want you to forget it. I want you to forget everything I said. I don't want to be free. I do want to be owned. And I am in love. Sure isn't the wine and the music? No, it's not the wine, the women, or the song. It's you. You, you, I owe you, I owe you. Why owe me? Because I love you, that's why. She's fine in the film. Just on that one with Laurie Peters. Um, 
Now, I have been working through the night, so if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will correct me. But I've got a feeling that Barbara Streisand was potentially going to be the lead role in Summer Holiday. Well, it would have been a very different film because you'd have to give her... First of all, she wouldn't have to be dubbed. <laughs> that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you'd have to get... She would be singing at least half of the numbers on this album. If, yeah. If she yeah. was in it, yeah. You know, it's funny. Cliff did a TV special and Liza Minnelli was the guest on it and i thought they had really good chemistry yes. on the tv special yes and i thought wow liza would have been a really good co-star for cliff spot on spot on yes all right um, let yes go okay. ahead no i was going to say yeah you, you arrive at all at once it's not the it's not the best ballads but as you say we'll come on to that At once, it's you, it's you for me. And all at once, there's blossom on each tree. So, Dancing Shoes, up next at number 13, written by Hank and Bruce, May 5th, 1962. This is my favorite song on the album. This was too good to be relegated to a B-side on Summer Holiday. I, I, It should have been a single on its own. In fact, yeah. for an original song, this is a song, had it come out a little earlier, it would have been welcome yes. on an album like 32 Minutes and 17 Seconds that could have used an original. Yeah, It's a simple song, but it's a great little rock and roll number. You must have heard of a little Bo Peep She was the gal with all the sheep Well, one day, it's a sad to say The sheep all ran away She was lonely and she was blue She was sad and crying too So I told her what to do I said, put on your dancing shoes Put on your dancing shoes I absolutely love this song Like you, it's my favourite song on the album It's a song I play a lot on the Rise Up show Because it's so upbeat The lyrics are simple Yet fantastic And the beat to the song I just absolutely love it If you are feeling a little bit down First of all, watch you know Summer Holiday But put on that song, Dancing Shoes It's fantastic I've seen Cliff perform it live I absolutely love it And you're right It should not have been a B-side This should have been an A-side. Interesting, really, that when you look at the album and the quality of the album, there was only, what, three actual singles from it? Yeah. Summer Holiday, The Next, next time. time, Bachelor Boy, and, and Foot Tapper for the Shadows. They could have made Dancing Shoes to be the, the fourth single. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and it would have been a success. Maybe not so much Yugoslav Wedding, which is up next no. on the album. Another <laughs> Peter Myers or Ronald Cass uh, number. I, I don't have much to say about it other than, here's what I will say. Sometimes when you buy a soundtrack album, you don't get everything that you heard in the movie. So, for example, we mentioned Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. As an Elvis fan, to me, it was sort of a bummer that Viva Las Vegas has a bunch of songs in it, but they just released an EP. Eventually, when it was fleshed out to a full-length album, it still didn't include everything from the movie because Anne Margaret sang a couple of songs which have never been released on the Viva Las Vegas album. You cannot say that about Summer Holiday because <laughs> you even get Yugoslav Wedding. 
it's a crazy scene, isn't it? Because they, they then rush back from Cliff nearly getting married to jump on the bus. They're being shot at. And then the next thing we know, they're in Greece. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's all going on at 100 miles an hour. And let's face it, they've only, only gone out to go and get a loaf of bread at that point. <laughs> yes, that's true. You know, if anybody yeah. ever wants to have fun, you could try to trace the itinerary of this trip and where they're going. And what a strange, yeah. uh, what a strange path that would have made. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get into it. This is at track fifteen. This is the big ballad from the film. Yeah. The next time, written by Buddy Kay and Philip Springer, recorded May tenth, nineteen sixty-two. It goes to number one, as we mentioned. It's an exquisite, broken-hearted love song, really sung so well it by is. Cliff, and he really does sound heartbroken and forlorn on this it's the perfect marriage of lyric and vocal performance they say i love again someday a true love will come my way the next time But after you there'll never be a next time for me Cliff nails it, doesn't he? And I've got to say, I think it's only Cliff that could sing such a beautiful, sad love song wearing a string vest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> But he pulls it off, doesn't he? He pulls yes. it off. There he is, you know, in a stunning, you know, scenery of, of, of above Athens, uh, singing this beautiful, sad love song that I've heard so many times over the years live, and it always gets to me. I've got to say, I saw Cliff perform it live in 2015 during his 75th birthday concerts at the Albert Hall, and he dedicated it to his niece, Lindsay, that had sadly passed away earlier that year, and Scylla Black. And oh, it was so, so sad, so powerful, so beautiful as well. So then we wrap up the album with a quick song, a song called Big News, written by Cliff and Mike Conlon and Ronald Cass, recorded November 16th, 1962, another last-minute addition to the film. It was actually written on the set. And it's, you know, not much of a song, but if you're going to have an upbeat number to go out on, it's it's a pretty good one. Hank has a you know a good little guitar solo in there as well. Have you heard the news? Have you heard what I've been saying? I've been saying that I'm in love with you. Now here's another statement for all of you today. So if you yeah, it's good to see that Cliff you know, getting involved again with the writing. Um, as I've said before, you know, Cliff's always said, I'm not a songwriter. Well, you are. And um, we can see that on, on the Summer Holiday album because, you know, you've co-written a couple of songs on there. Um, it's a great ending. The one thing that's a real shame about this album, and we get it later on, you know, in 2003, they released a, um, a limited edition set of Summer Holiday. But I think this album, the original album, should have featured 
the end of when they do um, Summer Holiday and the shadows are dressed up. Oh, yes. At the very end. That, that should have been featured, I think, on the original soundtrack album, but sadly it wasn't because I think that would have been the perfect way to end this album. We're going where the sun shines brightly. We're going where the sea is blue. We've seen it on the movies. Now let's see if it's true. Everybody has a summer holiday Doing things they always want to do So we're going on a summer holiday To make our dreams come true But Summer Holiday for me, fantastic film. It broke all the, you know, box office records for a British film at the time. Cliff was more popular than Sean Connery, who was doing James Bond at the time. Um, it's just a great, fantastic feel-good film, isn't it? It really is. But it's not your favourite. The Young Ones is your favourite. I do prefer The Young Ones to this, but I don't know if The Young Ones would be my favourite. Interestingly, Paul Dyer at Cliff Richard Radio last year did a vote to see which was the most popular Cliff film amongst his fans. Now, I thought it would either be Summer Holiday or The Young Ones. Take Me High, wouldn't it? You know, I love Take Me High. I love that movie. I really do. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that, which is probably going to be about 10 years with the way this podcast is going. I got to make sure I eat my vegetables and exercise. But... It, I love that movie, and it's funny. I saw that. I saw Take Me High during the pandemic when we, yeah. everybody had nothing but time. So I saw that it was on YouTube for free, yeah. and I thought, yeah. oh, okay, I'll watch this, and I really enjoyed it. It was loaded with songs, and yeah. everything about it just seemed so implausible and ridiculous, but... I liked Cliff in that role of a young exec battling yeah. another young exec. And yeah, I I really enjoy that movie. I can see why Take Me High. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a movie that's celebrated, but I think it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. You know, living where I live, and I grew up 20 miles away from Birmingham, a friend of mine, Ricky, he and I, when we were old enough to drive, I drove us to Birmingham. Um, to go to all the sites that are in that film, yeah, it was like it was like we were go- it was like we were going on a pilgrim to Birmingham to celebrate Take Me High. Well, um, but, <laughs> but but back to Summer Holiday. They, why haven't they this year done anything about it? It's sixty years old this year. I can only I don't, hope. I don't that, get it. Yeah, I can only hope that they're waiting for the for the actual summer to roll around, but. As I mentioned on the past show, the one with Mark Cunningham, uh, the, the Christmas yeah. episode, I said, wouldn't it be great if yeah. they arranged some sort of trip to celebrate? Maybe it doesn't even have to be on a bus because, you know, that could be that could be a long trip. That could be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be a cruise or something. Or like you said, release it in cinemas again. Yeah. So before we go again, I will ask you to fill in our listeners uh, about where they can hear Rise Up with Darren Price. Yeah, so every Sunday night, 8 p.m. UK time on Cliff Richard Radio. If you go to www.cliffrichardradio.co.nz, you will find Cliff Richard Radio. Uh, It's 24-7, and there's a show every night of the week at 8 p.m. UK time. I do the Rise Up show 
every Sunday, 8 p.m. UK time. The only show I don't do is going from the Sunday, the 30th of April. I'm delighted that a lady called Nora in Kentucky, USA, will be hosting the show on the last Sunday of every month uh, from the 30th of April. All right. I will, I've said this before. I will say it again. May you and the We Say Yeah podcast continue. Long may it continue. I absolutely love every podcast you've done with every guest I've really, really enjoyed. And sometimes I've listened to the podcast. My dad's got Alzheimer's. It's difficult going to see him these days. And I listen to the podcast either when I'm driving up to see him or on the way back. And it makes me smile every time. So thank you. Wow. Once again, thank you so much to Darren Price for appearing on the show and hope you all enjoyed that discussion. Look forward to our Take Me High episode in 2033. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It'll be sooner than that. Next month, however, Vic Rust returns to the podcast to talk about the Holiday Carnival EP as we continue with this holiday theme, and three singles, including the aforementioned Foot Tapper. Once again, follow us on Facebook, We Say Yeah. Send an email to the show, and I'll read it out on the next podcast. It's we say yeah podcast at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter, too. We Say Yeah. I think that's it. Maybe one day we'll do Instagram. I don't know how to do Instagram, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, until next time, I'm going to have some tea with honey and lemon and try to get back to 100%. Fellas, fellas. 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 We say yeah. We say yeah. We say yeah.